is happening, fellow fantasy GMs. I am JJ Wang. He is the bearded one, DJ Dove. And with our powers combined, we are the Fantasy Couriers. Playoffs are in full effect. Well, not our playoffs, but the NFL playoffs for whatever it's worth. I guess a little DFS love going on are in full effect. I don't care anymore. My Dolphins didn't show up to play. Last week was a shocking week. The, the Cowboys, the Eagles, they got a blitter. They, they just looked terrible. The Dolphins laid an egg. It's just like, wow. The NFL yeah, I mean, playoffs, man. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, the Eagles really are, I think, the biggest surprise here. I mean, I've kind of always seen the Eagles take or the Cowboys taking a dump at some point when it matters most because that's just what the Cowboys do. Um and then the Miami, I was never really sold with Miami anyway. So I mean, it's been like that all season. Whenever they play a good team, they get they get beat up pretty bad. Um, Eagles, like they start out ten and one, and they just absolutely tanked. I mean, it's interesting. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the line. I'm rooting for the Texans heavy here. Um, I'm rooting for the Texans 49ers. I think that 49ers Texans Super Bowl would be fantastic. See, I'm, I'm all in on a Texans-Lions Super Bowl. If that happens, I told somebody I would buy a jersey from one of the teams. Probably CJ Stroud because I love him a lot. But that would – could you yeah, imagine I NFL like, just I crying? Don't, I, don't like these, I don't like these guys enough to give them any more of my money. Oh, no. I, uh, I would, if, it's never going to happen. But could you imagine the NFL just crying if it was Detroit Lions versus the Houston Texans? They, they, they would just cash it in, cancel the halftime show. They'd be like, oh, gosh, we don't want these teams here. But it would be spectacular. Yeah, I, I, the game would be astounding. I don't believe that because it's the Super Bowl, and no matter who's in the Super Bowl, people are going to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I think the Super Bowl is a big enough event at this point. It really doesn't matter who's in the league because they've based their whole transition on yeah. – being level playing fields. So with the amount of the amount of money they put into television these days and the amount of money they put into streaming, there's just no way, no matter who's in the Super Bowl, that it would fail. Dear NBA, dear MLB, take note. This is why your product is fleeting, especially MLB. <laughs> NBA sells a well, global I, market, but MLB, I though, mean, unfair markets are just crazy. The, the, it, might, it may be fleeting, but these guys are still, these owners are still making more money than they've ever made before. So until that changes, these owners got no reason, like especially in baseball and basketball, to do anything different. I mean, they're making more money in basketball now than they have ever made before. They just some some just choose to spend, some don't. And TV markets have a lot to do with it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But in case you stumbled onto us, we're the Fantasy Couriers. You can email us at thefantasycouriers at gmail dot com. Pop us an email if there's something you want us to talk about the offseason. We got nine months to eight months till football, till meaningful football. Uh, Facebook at the Fantasy Couriers, Instagram the Fantasy Couriers, and you can leave us messages anywhere and everywhere. We got a website, fantasycouriers.wixsite.com backslash website because we leave the ad on there because we're poor, broke, and we're not going to pay. If you want to sponsor us. We'll put your sponsorship on there, and we can get rid of the ad on the page. So it's always welcome to come be a sponsor for the Fame Securities if you want to get in here for this amazing, astounding podcast. But we're in the offseason. We're spending January leading into February sort of looking at the the year that was and how it sends us going forward. We had some champions on next week. We're going to have some champions coming back from some of our leagues in the next couple of weeks as well. And 
this week, it's just you get these two handsome blokes together because the schedule got off. I was telling JJ Wang, my kid's getting ready to be in a performance at Guys and Dolls, so we'll be at the theater all weekend. He's getting ready to go out. The weekend is just crazy, so we're recording extra early. So this is prior to any playoff games. That's why our context is last weekend. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure it's going to be exciting. I'll be watching it in replays, and then we'll um, t- we'll mention that next week on the podcast. But this week, JJ Wang's special topic. We're going to talk about guys that you should get rid of, but you can't. And the cool thing about this topic is some years it can come back to help you. Other years it can come back to kick you in the butt. So we're looking at guys. Everybody told me dump Tua. He's young. He's cried. He's going to be washed up. He was he's not as far down as some of these guys. Or you're looking at Baker. Probably Baker more so. It's like Baker's done. Dump him. He's not gonna be and now Baker's getting himself a new contract. He's not a league winner. Um maybe Chuba Hubbard I was thinking of as I was looking through was a guy that I should have dumped a couple years ago for roster space. But this year, looks like it depending on what the where they go next year, he could be the lead back while they're building up. I'm sure they'll draft somebody. But those are guys to the lesser extent that might have been we mentioned on the shows in the past. Some of them get rid of others. Ah, you hold on to because the idea is these are guys we do hold on to, and maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I said I didn't have many guys. I do got a couple bigger name guys that I would like to throw okay. at you. So as you, so as you start naming yours, I'll throw in my guys as I feel as they feel appropriate to the guy that we got talking. Hey, right, I mean we have lists and lists. I got a list. We'll go and I've got the timer running. My first guy is a guy who who has been successful-ish for fantasy teams, I would say, is the best way to put it. And if you see my head wobbling, everybody, JJ Wingness, I got new glasses this week, and I'm trying to adapt to them. It's called being old is what literally the doctor said. But that is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon this year literally had one game over 100 yards. Uh, He had one game, two games over 80 yards, but he still – and that's just rushing, but he still managed to give you a decent enough fantasy season where you walked out with nine nine rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, and 52 receptions carried you on, but you know he's about ready to fall off a cliff. You probably should dump Joe Mixon. I can't for two reasons. One, he's old, nobody's going to take him, and I don't want to give him up for peanuts. To, he's got me here. I got that blind loyalty. Is that the problem with a lot of these guys too? Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I got the the thoughts for this. I mean, just guys on your team, you like you think of whether you know they're having a good year, bad year, or you know they're just older. But I think Joe Mixon. I don't have really much affection for this guy, and if you can get rid of Joe Mixon, you sh- I think you should. But the problem with like you said, as a Joe Mixon owner. You think he? You think he's worth more than what somebody else is going to give you? Because somebody from the outside looking in just sees an old aging running back that doesn't do anymore, and the owner is like, "Well, this guy has only carried me for three or four years. I can't give him up for some random third round draft pick." Um, and but that's where you're at. But I think maybe the way to do it is make Joe Mixon a bonus as part. Of a trade, you know, make go, go a little bigger, or maybe add in another 
another smaller piece and then maybe upgrade, you know, a little more at another position. That's what I'd probably try to do to get rid of Mixon because he's very close to the point where he's just going to become a roster clogger and you're not going to win him on your team at all and you're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, and I think realistically he's falling in like I was going to put, I don't know if your guy's Derrick Henry. Um, no. I was going to put Derrick in here because he sort of falls into that realm. Like, I think Henry has a couple of years of being almost a, a RB2 flex through touchdowns if he gets the right situation. I was talking with Steve from last week's show, and he's like, yeah, imagine if Henry drops in Dallas. He would it put him with Pollard. Dude, Henry would be a great fantasy player. Not your RB1, but your RB2 solid or San Diego. Yeah. I think if you got Derrick Henry, I think you're holding on to Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. Because at, at this stage in the game, if you think Derek, the owner thinks Derrick Henry is way, way more valuable than what anybody's going to give up. And looking at the depth of running backs that you need, Derrick Henry is a perfect piece to just sit there and just, I don't want to say waste away on your roster, but kind of just waste away on your roster because I think wherever he goes, he's still going to be the best running back on the team. And if they, yeah, if he says he goes to Dallas, he just completely obliterates Tony Pollard. And we just go back to it being the Derrick Henry show. And both of these guys in the right situation could give you what Zeke sort of did this year. Like not so like Joe Mixon had just over a thousand yards um, rushing and nine. And I think he's got one more year, then they're going to cut him, but he did a, he renegotiated. He's going to be a bangle next year and with Joe Burrow healthy. The pressure will be off of him that even if he does last year's numbers, which was 807 touchdowns, 60 receptions, he had more receptions, but his yards per carry was still, this year it was four, it was 4.0, which is better than his 3.9 or four years ago, his 3.6 on his year. He just laid an egg and got hurt. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's my first guy that I, I don't think I can get rid of him. There's that blind loyalty, but the, the low ball is going to be I, too I, low, I think, on him. I got another running back kind of on the opposite end of the, end of the spectrum. One of the guys that's kind of on the uptick, and that's Isaiah Pacheco. Um, so he came in, I was a seventh rounder or undrafted, I'm not really sure. But last year he really broke out, and this year he was, you know, top 20 running back. I think he finished 16, 15, something like that. I think he had like 204 carries on a Chiefs team that was down, really wasn't passing the ball a whole lot. I think. Pacheco's value is probably more than what it's going to be at any point of his career. And before they kind of revamp that, that Chiefs offense, bring in more receivers and maybe throwing it a little more because we know Pacheco's not a great receiving back. Maybe now is the time to get out on Pacheco that his value is this high. I, mean, I really don't want to, but I mean, I think it's a decision that fantasy owners should make. Yeah, and I think it's a decision you got to figure out within the next three months because the Chiefs are going to look at their team. I think even if they win the Super Bowl, they're going to be like, something seemed a little wonky that we weren't the juggernaut we were before. Like, I think the Bills can take them right now. I hope the Texans can take all of them. The Ravens, I think, are a bet. I think pretty much, I think they're the fourth best team right now left in the AFC. Looking at the other three squads, they could run with the Texans. We, we just ha have an affection for them. But, yeah, Pacheco's that guy that you don't realize how good he was, but he, he wasn't a superstar. So, and, But the thing is, does everybody not realize how good he is that even if you try to move on from him in a dynasty league, what it, is a, are you taking a second for a starting running back on a good offense? 
I think you could possibly get a little more than a seven. I mean, I think you might be able to get a, into the front. I mean, you know, the 110, you know, the 111 if you're in 10 or 12 man leagues. I think I think Pacheco that a guy where a lot of people like this guy and they think that he's in control of that offense. I don't think Pacheco's going anywhere. I think he's going to come in next year, definitely being the number one running back. And like I said, running backs, they come and go and their value is the peak and most of them fall after it hits. So I think it's interesting. I, I, I think personally I might hang on to him, but I, it'd be very enticing for me to get rid of him. Especially if somebody, somebody that comes along that really likes him, I'll ship him out in a second. Yeah, Pacheco's interesting. Would you trade Pacheco for Derrick Henry if he lands in Dallas? Uh, I think if he went to Dallas, I'd probably I would I would rather have I would rather have Derrick Henry than Pacheco on any team. Yeah, I think I think the one thing we we always hear play dynasty because these are more dynasty conversations. Play dynasty in years of in in chunks of three is always the mantra. But also one thing I had to learn the hard way is play to win this year. Like straight up, that's why I have no draft picks in one league, and my team just dies in the playoffs. But I played to win this year and made a strong team. And if you you're you're, you're supposed to your goal is to win a championship each year. So only time you don't do that is like if you're in the middle of the season, you're trying to rebuild. You know, all your guys are old. But yeah, something to look at for the future. Um, I, I've got a guy who we've we've loved. And at points, Sean McVay is loved, and then Sean McVay hated, and then he tore some Achilles, and then Sean McVay loved him, and then he hated. And he's just had a disaster of a couple years. But can you believe it that Cam Akers isn't even 25 yet? He'll be 25 when the season starts. So this is like second contract running back. He's coming off of another, just another injury. He got traded to Minnesota for a bag of potatoes. Minnesota's running backs are nothing to write home about. I mean, by the end of the year, Ty Chandler was looking better than Madison. Cam Akers, all signs point to another injury, dump Cam Akers. But if Cam Akers can ever get close to what he was rookie year at that point for those five games he started and towards the end of lat of 2022, you might be able to sneak someone onto your team that I should drop because I got a lot of Cam Akers, but he could be a sneaky... Get him off your squad so you're not dead waiting kind of guy. Where do you fall? Yeah, I'm def- I would def- I would definitely be out on Cam Akers. I think he's just like the term or the, the primary example of the term of roster clogger because you're just holding on for that six or seven game stretch. I was a huge Cam Akers fan, but I feel like we were just holding on because we've seen that one big six or seven game stretch. And an offense, so let's be fair, is very, very friendly to running backs. And he fell out of favor, and the next guy that came in, you completely see what that offense does, goes to Minnesota, completely irrelevant. And I think Cam Akers is just the guy that you don't even want on your team. You're just going because you're never. When are you ever going to start Cam Akers? When will when will you ever feel comfortable starting Cam Akers, even if he has a good game? Yeah, after a couple good games, like who are we talking about in this season? Uh, What about Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins? So J.K. Dobbins is older than Cam Akers, but he has. So I, I mean, if I if I'm if I'm picking one, I'm probably probably pick J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins just because the offense is a little more running back friendly. But I'm not that. I think the same thing with Dobbins goes for Akers. I think they're both in the same the same mold there. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be an interesting offseason for him because I I love some Cam Akers. I got. I mean, the thing is. You can't. I think he's he's at that point still where he's young enough. You can't drop him. Oh yeah, you can. You think you can? 
Oh, I think you can ask. I think I think you can absolutely. I, yeah, sure. Somebody is going to come and pick him up 100% because that's just what people do in Dynasty. They see a big name, and then there's other teams have plenty of roster hole. I mean, some other teams have like six or seven roster spots that need to be filled. Like some guys don't have any, so they're trying to drop guys. Um, and Cam Akers is just one of those guys where, I mean, if your team is filled, I mean, I would rather have a more upside player than Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins at this point. I mean, who knows? Cam Akers could be what we saw in Mostert this year. Is well on that note. Well, who, who knows? I could be. So Sean McVay can call me next week and be like, "Hey, we will try out for try you out for running back." But yeah, I mean, sure he can get an opportunity. I mean, I'm not, he is a running back. I mean, he can still run. But I think chasing those six or seven good games that he had, I think, is kind of kind of um, not a good idea at this point. And I would say if you start at running back for the Rams, you should be good for at least six or seven games, and then he'll trade you. Um, so we'll see where we go. Yeah. J- jumping over to wide receiver, this. Yeah. Oh, you got one? You go first. Yeah, I got another one kind of on the same lines of, as Macheco, um, a running back that finished as a, he was top five running back. And we know running backs, how they fluctuate. New running backs pop up, and then those same running backs kind of disappear, you know, just because the flux of how the season goes up and down. And that's Rashad White. Rashad White, one of everybody's favorite running backs. Um, He, he was, like I said, top five. He, I think he was fourth or fifth most carries in the league. And he only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. So rather inefficient, he was able to pick it up in the receiving game. With Baker having that great season, could this could Baker Mayfield have like a Geno Smith trajectory where everybody jumped on board? He comes in the next season after getting paid and then kind of resorts to like a mid-range where he was at last year and then previously in his career. And I think Rashad White might see the effects with that if the offense isn't clicking like it did this year. And once they lose, if they lose Mike Evans, they lose Chris Godwin, they're going to start losing. They're going to start losing pieces. And I think Rashad White's value right now will never be higher than it is. But it's hard to get rid of a top five running back that can produce like this. So you got to think to yourself, can he repeat this or do I just got another random top 15 to 20 running back typically where he's going to fall? I I think you hit the nail on the head there that I was thinking as you were talking, I was like, man, I can't trade Rashad White. Then you said three, six, you'll get three, seven, but the receptions are there. So, I mean, you bank him for 50 receptions. So if you're high PPR, you're a little better, but Mike Evans, is the cog in this whole machine. Mike Evans is the guy that everybody's like, oh, is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, definitely. Like you, even right now, you look at, I mean, no no player, Jerry Rice is in this category, has had this many, what, 10 seasons to start, whatever it is, to start his career with a thousand yards, like nobody. And Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, there's a beeline right there. Baker Mayfield goes to Mike Evans. This offense runs through Mike Evans. When he's good, they're good. When he's not good, they're not good. I think I think Mike Evans is on the same track. I mean, he's been good for so long. At some time, at some point, the wheels will fall off. Do you want to be ahead of it, or do you want to um, just ride it out and, and see what happens? Because he, he just might never, he might never fall off like that. We thought about that Julio Jones. 
then Julio Jones just immediately fell off and he just completely disappeared. So it's like that, like we always say, you want to be ahead of the game instead of you know coming in after the game. And like I said, Mike 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 Evans' value, I don't think it can't get much higher than it is right now. So he's another guy where you got you don't want to get rid of because he produces, but you don't want to be left with the back either. Yeah, you know this year was his one, two, third most receptions he's ever had in the season. And I really think it's a Baker thing. So I think for Mike Evans, he's going to, I think he is the key to this. I still think he is, even if he's going to fall off. I don't, I think I'd, I'm cool to be left holding the bag because we thought we'd be holding the bag this year with Mike Evans. If Baker's resigned and Mike Evans resigned, I'm cool with both those guys. If the Bucks do something stupid, like get rid of Baker. I think they've got to play him now. I don't think they have an option because he played so well. And then, and then Evans gets some, ridiculous deal from some other team everything changes on this team so that'll be interesting like Rashad White yeah I, I'm 100% with you on selling him you the 3.6 that's just not good but also maybe see if the Bucks sign a lineman maybe there's a lineman maybe that's where the problem is and they bulk up on the line that could totally change that because you're I mean I believe it was Joe Mixon had some pretty terrible um numbers some of so it depends upon really where you are uh, got a receiver for you. Oh, here. it's always. I mean, that we you base your whole you, you base your whole philosophy on where you're at. I mean, that's how. I mean, the tenth guy is going to be selling different people than, of course, you know, you know, the first guy. Yep, hundred percent. And got a receiver that I was not high on coming into the league, and then I got a hold of him a couple places, and I'm still not sure. Mainly because his college production was nah. I mean, he only played. He wasn't spectacular at Tennessee. Josh Palmer, uh, he's he'll be. Let's see, what am I looking at? I lost his age here. He'll be twenty five. He'll be twenty five a month into the season this year. So he's twenty. So he's still really young. He's on a great offense, but he just it's that Chargers receiver. Is it a great offense? It can be. It could be a great. How about it could oh, be? It could offense. be. Yeah, but is it? Justin Herbert wasn't healthy. It it could he's in a, he's a, for a team where he could this year we thought he was gonna step into that one one B with Keenan who was getting targeted and then he got hurt or he's not consistent or but he still has value but he's that guy you don't want to play like I would rather have Mike Evans ten years in than Josh Palmer four years in next year oh yeah that's nowhere even close i mean i'm not like i think i'm treating palmer kind of like i am acres i mean if you can get rid of him get rid of him because like you said when are you going to start it he has a good game great but then he has a four or five more bad games so he's not even a guy that you can kind of spot start because the, his good games are so far few and far between but yeah i mean i can see people thinking that you know you know, the upside's there, and he is part of the – Justin Herbert is healthy and kind of resort back to the you know, the early Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think there's still possibility, and it's kind of sexy from time to time, but I think you could probably find somebody else to move on, kind of like Mike, the, the same way I would go with my guy would be Jerry Judy, much the, the same thing. Like Russell Wilson – Probably not going to be there. I know you got a couple Broncos on your paper, so you can kind of fill in right here after Jerry Judy. I mean, Jerry Judy coming into the league, great route runner, great catch. You know, catch, he can do this, he can do that. And then all of a sudden he gets in the NFL and he can't do any of that. 
So I mean, like, where was the flux? Where, where, what went wrong there? And the offenses just haven't been good. And of course, he hasn't looked good. And Jerry Judy for me is somebody I don't want to get rid of. It's just like Joe Mixon. I kind of got it. I don't want to be wrong. I want to just wait for that one season where I could be like, see, I told you so. But I think just like with Palmer, I think you can easily move on for Jerry Judy and find a replacement very easily. And I think it's sort of um, you you mentioned it there. Isn't it basically every player that's a position skill player for the Broncos on this list? My guy, yeah. you're a Judy guy. I'm a Sutton guy. I think right now, if you find the right person, there's always that guy in your league that chases touchdowns. Sell Sutton for whatever you can get right now. He's never going to score 10 touchdowns again. He has 14 touchdowns for his career before the 10 touchdown this year. And he's only went over 1,000 yards once, but you're looking, you're like, oh, Corden Sutton, big guy, good, in, you know, 6'4", good for end zone, but not consistent. He plays on the Broncos. Will Russell Wilson be there? Will he be traded? Is Russell Wilson's another guy? You know, Javante Williams. Javante Williams has the injuries. Javante Williams is getting ready for the um, the second contract. I mean, we are looking at the Broncos. Are there, if there were those, of those four guys, is and you had to, you could only keep one. Is it still Jerry Judy or is it Javante because of running backs scarcity? I'm still keep, I'm still keeping Jerry Judy just because running backs. I mean, yeah, he's good, but they have a short shelf life. He's coming off the injury. Sutton's old. Judy is still young enough and still has high enough draft capital that I'm still interested in seeing what could happen if Sean Payton brings in, you know, a top quarterback that might be able to open it up a little more. So, yeah, I I, I still don't think I can get rid of Jerry Judy. Not only can I not get rid of him, I don't think anybody really wants Jerry Judy. No. And no. I want more for Jerry Judy than what somebody than somebody's going to give me. So I, I'm, I think I'm probably – he's just a guy I know I should get rid of, but I'm probably just going to hold on to him. I'll give you a cup of coffee for Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's probably how – like I'm pro- Sutton, I've sort of lost my loyalty a little bit. I got him for a cup of uh, – cup of peanuts in one of our leagues just as a he's old. He's getting older i mean receivers at 27 28 so he'll be 30 next year but you still i mean javante this is his fourth year he'll be 24 when the season starts so he might be an interesting and the the, the tread the injuries are high the tread is low i mean he only has um 1800 yards for his career so Almost nineteen hundred, but that so that means the tread is low that maybe he bounces back to the talent we know he has Maybe not, but that's the whole that's the whole idea today, right? It, it, Russell Wilson is probably just a drop if you can, right? Drop it like it's hot as quick as you can. Not even a thought. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can get rid of him, but I'm still, I mean, if you're in quarterback desperate need, I mean, it might be interesting if you can get him super cheap. You don't know where he's going to land. I, I think he's still going to get an opportunity somewhere. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks are always needed so i mean if you can get him on your team maybe not hopefully you're not you don't have to start him right away but i think you'd want him later on in the season and i got one last guy as we close out for today and it's there is no reason do do, do you have a guy that there's no reason they should be on your team they have done diddly squat in the nfl but you just 
can't like this is the super extreme like my other other guys that i had on my list i didn't get to today i was looking at like um damian pierce who's falling off a cliff a little bit singletary outperformed him it could be a performance could need a new change of scenery he's a talent drake london could if the hoodie goes there he could help with him or he could hurt him more because they're going to try to run the ball with those really good running backs and his quarterback stinks but but at least they have something that shows they're NFL players and keeping them on your team. You don't look like a complete moron. You look like a little skeptical for you. Like Drake London's good talent. Damian Pierce, you saw a drop, but do you have that guy that there's no reason that he should be on any fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I've still got Justin Ross on my team. And Justin Ross was the guy I was going to say. There's an autographed yeah. picture of Justin Ross downstairs in my basement because I haven't bought another picture from Christine Auction to fill in the spot there. But Justin Ross, career stats, six receptions for 53 yards. He missed games this year because apparently he's a terrible human being. I don't know the whole story, but if he gets a spin for domestic violence, whatever. Um, but he's he is – if you were to mold of – receiver the kid has all the talent he's still 24 years old if he can get his head on straight all he has to do is be the number two receiver behind Rasheed Rice three if you count Kelsey for one more year and the sky is the limit for this kid but he, is it he's got to get out of his own way or does Andy not think of him anymore because he did at the beginning of the year there wasn't any of these rumblings maybe they knew something um but he wasn't getting looks. He got some. I'd see a couple of plays. I'm like, man, he looks good. But once again, six catches. Yeah. 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 He's just a guy, man. I mean, I got him on a roster just because I mean, that team isn't very good. And I just got a bunch of bad players on that roster. And I I still like the guy. Whether what, no matter what he does on or off the field, I can't really talk to that. I haven't kept up with it. But just one of those guys that, you know, if you drop him, somebody else is going to pick that. That's what makes it the hardest. Yeah. The hardest thing is you know you're going to drop him, but as soon as you drop him, somebody else is going to immediately pick him up, and you're going to be like, "God darn it! I knew I should kept him." And then he goes. Then when he, whether that three percent chance that he does blow up, he's not blowing up for your team. He's blowing up for that guy's team. You look like the idiot. He looks like the genius, and you're thinking. Here we go again. And hopefully what happens is what happened with me when I accidentally pushed the wrong button and dropped Kenny Gainwell earlier last season. That was just one of those pushing the wrong button on the phones. But, yeah, Justin Ross, please do something. Please do something. I cut him on a couple of teams. I still got him on a couple. It's just like oh, I was a truther, and boy, was I wrong. So, J.J. Wang? Yeah, I think my, my, my most – I mean, I think I got Todd Chandler in every league. Um, but the fact that he might have an opportunity to start, he's one of those guys that you can't cut, no matter how bad or how good that he really is. He's that opportunity is king, and if any of these guys got opportunity, probably going to keep them, even though they they suck at the opportunity given. And if we've learned nothing else this but, year, and it, yeah. it seems to be more quarterback and running back opportunity is king because what well, i forget the number i saw of quarterbacks that started this year like makes me think about how i'm gonna draft rookies in the offseason more like i'm just gonna pick up every human body that is a quarterback and a running back yeah it's just, just because there are just so many wide receivers out there and of course the running backs are getting hit every play quarterbacks 
half of them just suck. They're just not ready. So, I mean, I think that's there's like 400 wide receivers, and there's only like 15 running backs and like 10 quarterbacks that are that are that are safe. Yeah, and, and receiver. Yeah, receivers. You play. You need to. I think leagues need to think about adding more receiver slots to add to the challenge if you want to make it a little yeah. harder. Starting- that's what when I. When I did my, when I started that first, the first dynasty league that I that I was in, I added four receiver slots, just be, just because I know there's that many wide re, there's just so, so many wide receivers out there. If you only started three, there's going to be a bunch of there's going to be some good players sitting on the bench, and I just hate not having enough roster spots to where good players sit on have to sit on your bench for one reason or the other. Yeah, hundred percent agree. So JJ Wang. Those are some guys. I'm sure everybody has their own guys. Feel free to pop us some messages of who your guys might be. Give us some wisdom as we head off into the week. Words of wisdom. Fantasy football is just filled with tough choices. I know it's not real, but you know what? It's like wrestling, damn it. It's real to me. You know, I mean, I'm not out there playing, but, you know, I got money on this. I mean, I still invest a lot of time, and you've got to make tough decisions, and, that's what it's all based on. Sometimes you just, just like life. Sometimes your decisions work out and sometimes they don't. I mean, nothing really changes. Don't think you're stupid because, you know, it didn't work out or don't think you're the smartest man in the room because you got lucky and your waiver priority was higher than somebody. That doesn't make you the smartest fantasy guy in the room. That just makes you a lucky fantasy player. And we all know fantasy is 99% luck. So as always, trust yourself and trust the process. 